Week three is in the books. Week four is on the horizon. We are back with another episode of Northside Story. This is Blake the Cat Miller. I'm joined by Baki. Baki, how are you doing? Good. Not too shabby. Not too shabby? Well, I'm not doing great. You never asked me how I'm doing. Well, that's a weird way to start out the podcast. This isn't a therapist session. This is fantasy football. Well, but that's the problem, though. I'm upset because at the end of week three, mm-hmm. going over the matchups, I'm five and ten. I am literally a cancer, a plague on the fantasy football analysis and the matchups. So what you're saying is that while listening to this episode, you don't want Blake, you don't want you to pick a team to win. You don't want to have Blake pick your team. That is true because my record, I can't even do the math. I'm like trying to do the math in my head. Uh, Yes, I am more likely that the team that I choose to win loses yeah i mean that's what the what is it five and ten yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. pretty bad what's mine you are eight and seven okay so a little bit over 500 which i'll take um, firmly in the lead which we'll keep track of this entire year i also have another thing that might uh you know make you a little down um let's go to final standing projections really quick <laughs> I had a I had a, a a loss last week to the the number one team in the league, Steph. But they firmly uh, Snickers firmly placed me at number two, and I see the cat was the only one that didn't move at number seven. Just right outside the playoffs, How's underdog. That, once again, feel. Um, like I said, it makes me feel like an underdog. Uh, where's Phil? As long as I'm ahead of Phil. <laughs> Phil shot up. He's number six now, from number ten to number six. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so uh, a lot. We have. We need. We need Blake to get his spirits up. So hopefully his matchup against Nick this week uh, takes off. I'll be facing off with official boys, but um, we're gonna dive into these matchups right now um, and come along with us. Yeah, come along with come us. Along. LA Bass Bros versus Official Boys. Ooh, what a great matchup. I have such a juicy uh, uh, prediction for you, Jake. Um, Mm, I'm excited for this matchup because I'm excited for Jared Goff against that Seattle defense. This is still, it's still not decided. I have not decided on a quarterback for this week. Oh, yeah. Wow. Forgot. I always forget about Herbert. I just feel like you're just a Jared Goff team now. Right off the bat, I'm going to say it. Jared Goff outscores Patrick Mahomes this week. Mm. Well, yes. the only thing that's that's leaving me to, you know, and I'm not sure about Jared Goff, and I guess both quarterbacks is that their weapons, their main weapons are hurt. So, mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown had, didn't practice for the second straight day. I'm not sure if he's playing, um, which is a big hit to Jared Goff. Uh, and then Herbert, uh, Keenan Allen did not practice today. Or actually left practice, so it sounds like he re-aggravated his hamstring injury. So, I am not comfortable with either one, to be honest. Um, I do think Herbert has, of course, more upside. And I do like, um, I guess both just have nice matchups too. But yeah, I'm I'm still undecided on the, the QBs right now. Well, if you, hmm, I guess if you look at both of those matchups, who do you think has the, uh, A, the biggest ceiling? Who do you think is more likely to hit that 30-point window? And then... 
on the inverse, who's got the safest like floor? Like, I feel like Jared Goff, um, in terms of just his the Detroit Lions game trip. I know there's a lot of no more no uh, DeAndre Swift, but Jamal Williams has proved to be a serviceable um, out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. You were mentioning Amon Ross St. Brown, but I don't know. I feel like Jared Goff has that has that better floor. I feel confident that he can get me that 12 to 15 points. He's in pretty good with the ball. Um, but what do you think? Who's got the biggest ceiling? Who's got the safest floor? I out think of, uh, Herbert those has two? both, um, okay. to be honest. Like, so I, then why are you even considering playing Goff then? Well, because I'm waiting to see the injury report. So I want to see if Jared Goff has Amon Ra. If he doesn't have Amon Ra, then I will, I'm going to play Herbert. Um, but I think Herbert... This year, I mean, last week he he didn't necessarily. Well, he he looked. He just didn't look the same, of course, because of his injury. Still threw for close to three hundred yards, um, but that offense in general is just out of sync. Once again, they could not get the run game going. Um, so this is a different defense they're playing this this week, of course, in Houston, which just really hasn't shown like anything special this year. Um, but I I do think Justin Herbert. I think he has the highest ceiling as well, only because they throw the ball a lot in general. Like yeah. Jared Goff last week, like you said, they, they use Jamal Williams a lot, um, which I think they're just going to run a lot too. If, if they're missing those weapons, I think they can just run the ball against Seattle. Um, I mean, Jared Goff last week, him and Herbert were very close on points. They, I mean, Jared Goff only had, you know, close to 14. I think Herbert had close to 12, 13 points. So, Neither really did anything special last week, um, but I, I don't know. Herbert is still Herbert. He can he can still throw the the football down the field. Last week, Jalen Guyton caught like a fifty five yard, uh, basically play action. This insane throw by Herbert. Yeah, just like this is what he usually is. So I still think that they. I think they will run the ball a bit better in Houston too, which will open up some plays. But I'm still gonna take Herbert. Mm-hmm. And then I'm very reactionary just looking at your lineup. You got to have the best uh, three wide receivers in the league. Obviously, seeing uh, CD Lamb kind of hit on that value that you drafted him at this past mm-hmm. uh, this past week against that Giants. Man, Cooper Rush, he's legit. But I do see Dak Prescott coming back. I can see it on your roster. You're storing him. But uh, how confident are you in CD Lamb rest of the season? Yeah. I, uh, I'm not sure. I, I do think they're going to get some weapons back as well. Um, Michael Gallup could return this week. Uh, Dalton Schultz couldn't return, and that can take away some um, of those targets from CD. Uh, CD, you know, he had a good second half, but he dropped that wide-open 50-yard bomb by Cooper Rush that possibly could have been a touchdown or at least, you know, out of the five. So, you know, the targets are there for him and he just needs to, you know, catch the ball. He's getting he's averaging about 11 and a half targets a, a game. It's 11, 11 and 12. So he's getting those balls thrown to him. Um, but I, I am a little um, worried a little. That's why he's kind of in that flex position as far as I love this matchup this week for him. I think I think he should easily hit his projection. Um, I'm not a fan of I think Washington has one of the worst defenses in the league, especially with no Chase Young. So, yeah, I, I do like my wide receivers, my top three, and I have the best tight end as far as fantasy in the league and Mark Andrews. Now that matchup's a little tougher because it's Buffalo, but I do like my wide receivers and my tight ends. It's it's my running backs that I said from day one that, are, you know, if I can get a touchdown between the both of them, I really like my chances week in and week out. Um, but I, I do think 
these are two matchups that are going to be tough to grab touchdowns. When you say your lineup, so you're rolling three wide receivers out uh, this week, potentially. I mean, anything can change, any late injuries. Mm-hmm. But when you set up your lineup, do you put like your number one wide receiver first and then your number two or like 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 your best um, wide receiver? I feel like no. No, I feel not, like in yeah, I feel like I do that. I'm like, oh, Cooper Cup's number one, so I got to put him in the wide receiver one spot. So I only I put Cooper Cup and Cortland in the the top two only because they've been my consistent wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, my third one, yeah, I usually put it like I'll decide between the second and third just because if I put in that flex spot, then that there's that of course flex is flexibility to kind of do a running back or a wide receiver, but I don't have any running backs that are really, you know, or even like another tight end that I yeah. would, I would put in for CD, but the Cooper cup, I, I just, I'm, I will never, I'm not going to, I would never, I haven't even touched him since I drafted him. He's literally mm-hmm. like been the only, I feel like the only player on my team, which I have not moved around, I guess Mark Andrews too, but, um, and the only time he'll ever get moves from that slot is, you know, when they have a bye week yeah and let this be a lesson you're not doing this but it made me think let this be a lesson to the owners in our league if you guys have a person playing thursday take them out of your flex spot because you got to make sure that you are not locking out that position um if you play them in the flex spot you're losing that uh, flexibility come monday if there is an injury so just keep that in mind that's just something that i always seen with cooper cup i know he's playing monday um Thursdays, watch out for that. So I talked about Jared Goff and that juicy matchup. Brian's team, Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders is still on that running back slot. And Rashad Penny, who's also in that uh in, that can fill that spot, I see him having a huge game. Brian, Cannon, Brock, if you can hear me, take Miles Sanders off your damn lineup. Earmuffs. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to tell Brian what he should or shouldn't do. Um, I'll do it because <laughs> I am playing him. Um, but I will say that some of his matchups, he has a couple nice matchups. For instance, I do think Damian Pierce against the Chargers defense. Chargers run defense looked decent the first couple weeks. Then they looked absolutely terrible last week. Shout out James Robinson. Um, J-Rob. But Damian Pierce, I can see, you know, having a very good week. Last year, I remember Rex Burkhead having like 140 yards rushing as the Chargers defense. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to run the ball a lot and try to um, eat up a lot of clock, um, similar to what they did last year. Yeah, Miles Sanders, uh, I'm, I don't need to talk about him. Um, DK Metcalf, I think it's boomer bust with um, – Geno Smith, Jerry Judy. We've gone over Jerry Judy in that offense plenty of times. Uh, Kamara is an interesting one because he plays a, a good defense in Minnesota, um, and he needs to have one of those breakout weeks, I feel like. like it, it has to be coming one of these weeks. But if it's Andy Dalton, are they going to try to throw the ball and then he's going to get a lot of points on those checkdowns? Um, that's a possibility. But the big, the two big players on Brian's team that he has basically tried to center his whole team around is that Mahomes Kelsey matchup, and they're playing perhaps the best defense in the league, and it's in Tampa Bay. So, I I think I might have lucked out, knock on wood, 
with that matchup. I don't want to jinx myself because you never know with Mahomes and Kelsey. They can, you know, get 35 and 25 points respectively. But I will say that I do like that matchup for Tampa Bay. My only note on DK Metcalf, you can't take him out of your lineup, but he's going up against Jeff Kuda, who is legit. I look in that well, matchup. Did you hear DK's quote on that? No, I didn't. What did he so say? I, I, I don't know it exactly, but he said something about how he isn't impressed with him because he always has a safety over the top helping him out. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to see like if DK tries to you know go off against Akuda, um, especially if he's going to get double teamed the entire game. Well, I think it's legit. I had I Jeff Kuda definitely was, I believe, a um, a factor in Justin Jefferson's downplay last week. I would temper expectations for DK. I look at the owner that has Tyler Lockett. I feel like he's going to be having that big game. But DK Metcalf is a beast. Uh, I feel like with him, you just got to get him in the right positions where he can get that one-on-one. He's going to beat the jump ball every time. So, mm-hmm. uh, but like you mentioned, it's Geno Smith. That's that's a tough that's a tough hill to climb as a wide receiver, making sure. Uh, knowing that he has a quarterback of that caliber. So anything else you want to touch on either you or Brian's team? I mean, I look at both of our teams and I feel like we would be great trade partners. I I feel like possibly the LA Bash Bros could throw a wide receiver Brian's way for one of the, uh, uh, either Kamara or even, uh, you know, a decent uh, wide receiver for Damian Pierce. I feel like perhaps we could get something going. I'm going to have to reach out to, to Brian and uh, the official boys. All right. Well, let's talk about the matchup here. I will lead it off. If Jared Goff is in your starting lineup, easy win for LA Bash Bros. But if you're going to be switching to Justin Herbert, I think it's going to be a close one, but I'm still going to take your team. Jeff Wilson, that Rams defense, I feel like Jeff Wilson's going to have a big game. Man, I hate to call it. I love my Rams, but... uh, that's just going to be a great game. I like your team. I like your lineup. I, um, I'm i weary on his wide receivers, as we mentioned. little lackluster. Jerry Judy's been hit or miss. We, we need, I think, each and every week for the official boys, he needs Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey combo to go off. Uh, but yeah, I feel I like agree. even if they do go off, I feel like you have the the players in your team to kind of uh, over, I mean, overshadow that. So give me bash bros. Yeah, I'm going to take myself to – I do feel like um, this is a week where where I, I need to win only because Brian's team is kind of sputtering right now. And I feel like you kind of have to take advantage of those weeks. Like you want to beat the teams that are kind of trying to, you know, find their way to a win. Um, but I'm hoping with the matchups um, I can rely on my, my core four um to kind of you know lead me in the right direction and then the rest of my team can kind of fill in so i'll take myself as well um i'm shooting for you know i'm projected right now i did just make the change to herbert as you were talking oh god Um, (laughs) so i i I, my projection is 116 if i can hit around 110 115 i think i pull out the w shout out uh number one kicker in the league young way again House Targaryen, first team Mercier. I've never seen a 121. That's got to be, that's got to yeah, be a new I mean, record. To be honest, it's 122. It's 121.9. So uh, we don't round up. Is, 
Uh, we should round up. We should round up. Um, so projection yeah. totals for House Track Gain, 121.9 mm-hmm. versus 108.7. Yeah, let's round up. 122 <laughs> versus 109. Huge spread, 13 points. It's well-deserved for Steph's team, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, those projections are crazy to look at. You got Lamar getting close to 24. You got Jonathan Taylor projected to get 20 points, which I don't think I've seen yet so far for a running back, which is yeah. strange to me that, you know, he's he's kind of struggled. I mean, he's only ranked 10th right now, and he was by far the number one running back in all of fantasy sports going into the season. Um, but if you remember last year, I think he started off like, okay, and then he had like a stretch after maybe like week four or five where he had like seven or eight straight games of like 150 yards and like multiple touchdowns. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if one of these weeks he does, you know, go off for a high 150, 160, and it's a couple touchdowns. Well, and we already forget week one, he had 31 carries, 161 yards and a touchdown. So he had that. Oh, shit. Kind of, yeah, yeah, we, for, we forgot about that game because I just felt like of, it was a quiet performance because they probably tied. That's what well, it was. That, it was. That was an embarrassing yeah. game. Uh, Matt Ryan, first game, a lot of hype going into that. So it's kind of forgotten. But also after that game on the road, then you play KC, kind of a big game. Tennessee's kind of, I feel like it's a soft landing spot. It's at home. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems kind of reeling. That whole that whole division. It, are, are the Jags now the leader in the clubhouse in that division? Like that yeah. whole division. I mean, that was a really big win um, for Indianapolis last week. And if you listen to Baki's bets, Kansas City, I said it was a stinker. I didn't understand the line. didn't make any sense. Kansas City had like so many chances to kind of put that game away or at least go up by a touchdown and not, you know, have a last play at the game, basically what happened, which Indy won. Um, So that was a huge game for them to win. Um, But I I think it's still, it's still Indianapolis and yeah, Jacksonville is right there um, because they, they look legit. Like they look like a very good offensive team and their defense has a bunch of young dudes that can just fly. A lot of guys that are in like their third or fourth year, that are just starting to hit their stride and like their prime. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I like that you take note of that I always forget are matchups. And I'm looking at uh, Steph's team. And the only matchup that I see give me a little bit of goosebumps is Christian Kirk against Philadelphia. She Uh has tons of options on her bench. Is that matchup scary with Christian Kirk? Do you ride with him now? Because what we saw last week against the Chargers, what's your thoughts on that? I think it just depends on who you have on your bench, right? So we look at her bench and you have, for wide receiver purposes, you have Mike Williams, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyler Lockett, and Curtis Samuel. I don't see anybody that I would probably play over Christian Kirk right now. Um, Keenan Allen, I think, is coming back on Sunday. So Mike Williams is, um, you know, maybe his totals go down a little bit. I mean, he really hasn't had a productive season as far as, like, yards and and catches. He's had two touchdowns, but nothing crazy. Um, Juju, I don't know what I'm getting out of him at all. Tyler Lockett, perhaps, but, you know, he still has Geno Smith throwing him the ball. And then Curtis Samuel, who had a really good week one um, and a really good week two. And then you saw him play Philadelphia. So, um, you know, Dallas's secondary is decent. It's just I don't know if I trust Carson Wentz. So I think I would keep Christian Kirk there and I would, you know, write him out right now. I mean, you also got to see Jalen Waddle's questionable. Um, that kind of popped up, I think, today. Um, and I would assume that he plays, but definitely keep an eye on that. Um, but, you know, her whole team is in a really good spot. 
Yeah, I, especially with Miami, I would just be careful if you have uh, Miami players short short rest. That was a miserable, brutal game we saw with the Heat and players. Uh-huh. I kept listening to interviews with like Stefan Diggs talking about the elements out there uh-huh. and uh, maybe a little bit of a, a slow game for Miami. Uh, short turnaround playing against a, a good little uh, matchup against Cincinnati. Maybe yeah. that Waddle injury is, is actually an injury. Maybe things are coming Perhaps. up. So I... Go ahead. I was just going to say really quick, I think there's one player that she needs to, to start, and I think that's Jamal Williams. I don't think – I wouldn't trust Antonio Gibson. I know he's basically the only running back there. Um, but at Dallas, I think Dallas has, has a, a decent run defense. I mean, they're – right now, and for fantasy purposes, they're 11th. Um, he's not someone that I can really trust to just run the ball. He ran 12 for 38 last week, and he had a garbage time touchdown. So – Jamal Williams is going to get the ball, I think, at least 15 times, maybe 20 times um, on Sunday. I mean, he had 20 carries last week. So against a really bad Seattle uh, front seven and they're at home, I could see them giving him the ball so much. So I, I, that's that's something that I would do. I would I would tinker around. And I would probably throw Jamal Williams up there for uh, Antonio yeah. Gibson. Yeah, a lot of interesting options. When you were going through the wide receiver class, the one that stood out to me actually was the Curtis Samuel, just uh-huh. target hog. I feel like he um, can take advantage of that Dallas defense. They're not that formidable. I'm not really high on Diggs in that backfield. So interesting decisions. But like we said, she's loaded. She's stacked. She's got a wagon of a team. Uh-huh. Um, I think whoever she puts out there makes that decision. They're going to produce. Let's go over to Sam's team. Amon Ross hurt. We got where we Lions are falling apart a little bit. A lot of cues on that roster. Yeah, they do. And I, I mean, honestly, a lot of cues on Sam's team in general. She right now has five players that are questionable. So two on the starting lineup. And then you look at some of the people on the bench and some of those players might not play anyway. For instance, like MVS, um, Melvin Gordon, uh, Dawson Knox. Um, so, you know, I look at her team and we've talked about this, like Matt Stafford, you're not sure what you're really going to get out of him. I th- believe when we dove into um, last week and we kind of talked about, you know, after the week was over, we talked about the two matchups for Stafford and Kirk Cousins. Those are tough. Like both of those are tough. Like that is, this is a decision where I'm not sure. I have no idea who's going to have a better score this week. Um, I think both, both players are on the road. Oh, actually, Kirk Cousins in London. That's right. That's a 630. So that's actually a London game, um, which is a little different because I would say London is a different place than New Orleans as far as crowd and crowd noise. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure who I would pick there. Yeah, so a little, little nugget about uh, Kirk Cousins. I believe he's played three times in, mm-hmm. in London. Mm, okay. uh, two of those times out. I mean, he's, he's won two out of three. Uh, his most recent time out. No, actually, you know what? I'm wrong on that stat. He's only been there once. And uh-huh. I remember reading a stat that he, uh, the one time that he played, he threw like 400 yards. We have to look into it. Don't trust me, <laughs> Sam, if you're listening to Just this. throw but out random stats over here. That's that's what I do. That's what I do. But uh, I have a question, though. Yeah. Does this count as a Kirk Cousins primetime game? I don't think it does. I think, don't think, I mean, it's, it, it would, I think it's, it's technically prime time, but it's prime it's time there. Is it? Oh, hold on. It's like, if it's in London, that's like nine hour difference. Mm-hmm. Six 30 here. No, it would still be uh, kind of, it's like, it'd be like a four o'clock, three o'clock game over there. 
Well, thank you for buffering because I found my stat on Kirk Cousins. Okay, uh, let's hear your stat. That uh, in his in his game that he played, uh, he went thirty eight completions for fifty six attempts. He threw for four hundred and fifty eight yards and two touchdowns. The last time he was in London, game. they. I feel like that's like a garbage time. It was, red, it, was it was against. It was when he was on the Redskins. Excuse okay. me, commies. Excuse me, commanders. Um, I, I mean, who cares? Like, Fancy football. Well, I'm just saying, you- like 54 attempts. That seems like a lot to like just a normal game plan, you know? So you can't really like be like, oh, these. I just feel like those stats are just like a one-off. Like it's not like it's something that's like. You Justin know. Jefferson bounces back. There's no way that he comes back uh, and throws up another dud like he had last week. He's going to come back. The offense is going to be better. Hopefully, Dalvin Cook's going to be healthy. He's just day-to-day right now. His shoulder wasn't dislocated. The offense is there. So you would go I will, Kirk Cousins? Oh, 100%. Okay. I, I, will, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some ludicrous bet I can put on it. But no. no I, mean, I'm taking, I, I, I think I agree with you on that. I think Stafford, we've seen so far... Right now, he's 25th ranked as far as fantasy quarterback. That's just mm-hmm. not good enough for a team that that wants to, you know, continue to win games as far as fantasy. Yeah, um, and go ahead. No, I was just going to, like, look down at some of the other players. Uh, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday night. So uh, tomorrow's big game, the Bengals against the Dolphins. She has two Bengals playing, one being Joe Mixon and the other being Jamar Chase. I really do think Jamar Chase needs to have – better games than he has than he's had um he's still getting all the targets but just none of those deep throws that him and burrow usually connect and i do feel like miami's defense has been getting to the quarterback a lot just a lot better um but this is at home and that is where i feel like jamar chase shines so i can see him having a, a much better day it's kind of a tough matchup though with Xavier Howard, who's one of the best corners in the league, and it is a little troublesome. Last week against the Jets, I couldn't. I don't know a Jets corner, so it is a little bit troublesome. Miami, they are a defense that are very aggressive with the blitz. They run a whole bunch of guys out. Um, I do. I believe they do a lot of man. That should be right up Jamar Chase's alley for him to take advantage of that. Um, I'm with you too. Like, where's that breakout game? It's kind of, there's a couple of sprinklings. We talk about Eckler. We talk about Najee. We talk about, um, I mean, some of the other wide receivers hit, I guess you want to say Debo, the high expectations for him, but Jamar is one of those top end guys. You thought, set it, forget it, put him in your lineup. He's getting your 1500 yards games. And, uh, he struggled a bit. So this is like, I feel like it's a huge game. Like we're going into week four, your studs should be studs right now. And uh-huh. he's still like top 16. He's still top, uh, top 16 wide out, but I'm with you. I expect more. And another note for Sam's team, um, Mike Evans is back. When is that? Yeah. When is that Bucks offense going to pick up? I think it starts with Mike Evans. It starts um, uh-huh. definitely having Godwin whenever he comes back. I don't think he's playing this week. Maybe look two weeks out, but if you're having any concerns with that Bucks offense, just know, just hold the line a little bit, let them get healthy. I think having Godwin back in the lineup will help Mike Evans, but still it's a big, big feat having Mike Evans back. Hopefully he stays in the game and doesn't get kicked out like last time. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think he's very, he, he is due for a good game as well. I'm not high on Kansas city corners. Um, I think Michael Pittman had like 10 catches last week or something like that. He had a, a good amount. Um, so I could see Mike Evans having a good game. Um, but when we go and we look at both teams and the matchup itself, 
Um, I and Sam, I love you, but I don't. I don't think you're scoring over a hundred points this week. Wow. I, I just don't see it. I don't see. I think Clyde has a bad week. Yeah. Um, I will say this: if Amon Ra plays, I think you have a shot at a hundred. But if he doesn't, I don't know who's going to, you know, be subbed in there. Maybe Mike Evans goes to that slot, and you put a Cam Akers or Damian Harris, but or a Melvin Gordon. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I don't see like bad matchups. Um, good players, but bad matchups. And I think the bad matchups will overtake that. And I think Steph wins by, by quite a bit. There's just such a big disparity in quarterbacks. What normally in the draft season, the difference between a number one quarterback and a number two quarterback, three, four, five, you go down the list. Typically it's not that large, but we're seeing having Lamar Jackson through these Uh first uh, three weeks, it is, it's league breaking. It's game breaking. And if she's rolling out Stafford again this week, I just, that's just too big of a gulf that even if Jamar Chase has that bounce back game, even if Amara comes, comes back and, and is healthy and he's ready to go, there's just too many hitters on Steph's team. So my, my stats and picking these games and these matchups are horrible five and 10, as we mentioned. And part of me wants to just like fade, fade my picks, but Maybe I just keep it going. I'm going to take Steph because she's the only reason why I'm winning these picks. So <laughs> she is. I think you've gotten all of it right for her. Um, yeah, I yeah, I think this is a. It might be the biggest point differential of the week, um, and and I think that's mostly because of how good St- uh, how Steph's team and how good it is. Uh, but yeah, I think Steph moves on to three and one. She keeps her first place role. Let's dive into Shane's matchup, Phillips' matchup, both one and two, quarterback sneaks, bubble butkers. Shane with the big projection, 117, a lot of high projections uh, mm-hmm. this week. I think yeah. uh, Shane, 117, Steph had that 120. I think Shane's listening to us. Cordell's in the lineup, Jake. You liking that? Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, he doesn't, to be honest, doesn't really have any other choice with David being out. Um I will say if, if you look at Cordero's last couple days, I think it's been because of rest, quote unquote mm-hmm. rest, but he hasn't practiced the last two days. Um, it says resting player slash knee. But if Cordero can't go, um, you know, Shane has a shiny new toy that he spent $53 on, and that is Khalil Herbert. Now, I'm in the belief that if you're going to spend – more than half of your fab on a player, then you start him this week. So I don't get why he's on the bench. David Montgomery is out. It looks like all indications that he's going to be out. I think the report mm-hmm. came that he's not going to be, be playing yeah. uh, this Sunday. So with Khalil Herbert getting that backfield, there's really not much um, of a backup op- option behind him. I feel like it's the easy plug and play uh, swapping out James Conner, who has struggled. Uh, as of late, the whole Carol, uh, whole Arizona team struggled as of late. Khalil mm-hmm. Herbert's got to be in that starting lineup, don't you think? Yeah, I would find a way to get him in there. Either uh, James Conner or Deontay Johnson. I would uh, swap out one of those two for Khalil. 
Um, I do agree. If you do spend that much money on a player, you should probably start him. Um, I will say also, I feel like a Shane spent a lot only because he wanted to make sure that he had, uh, David Montgomery's backup, which is Khalil Herbert. Now Khalil Herbert had a, an amazing week, but I do feel like that adds a little bit more to trying to get that player. For instance, I made sure that I got Jeff Wilson, so I definitely overpaid, but I wanted to make sure that I had, um, the backup to Eli Elijah Mitchell, which was uh, Jeff Wilson, and I, who I knew was going to get at least you know fifteen carries a game. Yeah, the only only thing that I pr- uh, push against you, I don't even think you even consider taking Deontay Johnson out of the lineup. You look at his first three games this season; he is so heavily targeted. Uh, should be an easier matchup matchup against the Jets. I feel like that's going to be a game where he can finally cash in on that touchdown that Pittsburgh offense has struggled keep Deontay Johnson find a way you got to get James Conner out of there looking at uh Phillips team shiny new toy in him Tyler Con- Conklin number three in tight ends yeah. uh, number, <laughs> uh, number, yeah, number four but he that's still like I I think I we talked about it off uh off air and, and we were I was looking at tight ends and yeah I saw his name as number four I had no idea I literally had zero idea that he was even like playing on the Jets, uh, let alone number four in the league. I do worry uh, a little bit about Chris Olave. I know that he has been featured more and more week in, week out. Um, haven't heard of a clear confirmation who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Saints out in that London game. I don't think Jameis has practiced at all this week, so I'd be no. surprised if he... Yeah, and I I feel like Chris Olave does take a hit if uh, Andy Dalton is out there. Andy Dalton is obviously at the later end of his career. He mm-hmm. has not been known... Towards the tail end of his career, he hasn't been known as that gunslinger that Jameis Winston is, being able to push the ball deep outside. Um, I think Chris Olave does take a hit, but looking at his bench, I don't think you run out... Um, I don't think you swap him out for anyone. I don't think Allen Robinson has proved. I think that's going to be a tough matchup. I don't see Allen Robinson. Uh, we're going to do that weekly game let's, of Allen Robinson. Yeah, he's uh, not, let me oh, set he's up not hitting, let me, uh, he's not hitting eight points. Well, let's set it up really quick. So our okay. weekly Allen Robinson projections, you're 2-0. Oh. Um, this week, tough game against the Niners, 8.7, over, under. Well, I'm going to let this sound drop uh, communicate my answer. Wrong. All it's right, going to be the under. That's, that's that's the under. Yeah. All right. Um, Derrick Henry finally had that big game. Uh, mm-hmm. Starting with confidence. Russell Wilson, high projection. Uh, within division, uh, within divisional matchup. I think Vegas, obviously, is still they're zero and three. They come in in the favorite in that game. Do we need to play the game again? Like with Russell Wilson, is should he be starting? Should uh, Butker's be finding another option. What's your gauge well, on Russ? I really thought that Phillips was going to try to grab another quarterback um, because, you know, I, I said in our uh, wrap up, our last episode that, and I saw on his Instagram that he was just calling Russ out of kind of how bad of a quarter fantasy quarterback uh, he is. So I am surprised to see him there. He does have a nice matchup. I do think that this is a, a game where Russ can hit that projection. Um, I do see their offense turning it around a little bit, but I, I still, it's going to be hard to trust someone like him until, you know, I, I just, I, I look at players on the, on the waiver wire. I'm not sure 
this week, if there's anyone that, you know, I think can, can surpass Russ, you got like Marcus Mariota, who perhaps might right now, Marcus and Geno Smith are projected around 18 points. I feel like that's a lot for both of them. Um, and besides that, I just, I don't see anybody where I'm like, you know, I'm going to pick them up and start them over Russell Wilson. Well, sometimes you just got to roll with what you got, and he's going to be rolling with uh, Russ this week in this matchup. Let's dive into the matchup. Who do we like, Jake? Um, well, really quick, I, I do want to touch base on Sh- uh, Shane's team. We didn't talk too much about some of those weapons. Um, you know, last week, Justin Jefferson had an extremely disappointing week. Um, Debo and George Kittle against the Rams. Um, I mean, you know the Rams. Um, you watch have watched the Rams the last few years. Um, I'm not sure what I'm getting out of those this week. I feel like Debo typically has good games against the Rams. I feel like I usually see him kind of go off. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts, but he will have to face a, a fast and physical defense in Jacksonville. I think this is a really tough, tough matchup this week. Yeah, the only um, thing with the Niners I want to touch on before you make your projection, mm-hmm. uh, in the past, George Kittle has victimized the Rams mm-hmm. uh, in terms of linebacker coverage. But with Bobby Wagner uh, coming on board, we're in our second year of our defensive coordinator, his scheme, him having a complete offseason to kind of reinvent that defense getting players to fit his scheme i I feel a little bit safer for the rams defense taking on that tight end role Mm -hmm. debo is debo like i mentioned last week um i think with jimmy g back in the fold we're gonna get similar production out of debo i don't think you can stop i don't think the rams will be able to stop him so i think both i would i would temper expectations a little bit for george kittle if you're looking at historically his production mm. against the Rams, but I think with Debo, he's gonna he's gonna have a big week this week. Yeah, man, this is a tough one because I, I do feel like I, I do like Phillips's uh, first four players in his lineup: the quarterback, two running backs, and AJ Brown. I like those matchups, but then I don't like the other matchups and the rest of his team. And the same can be said for Shane. There's a few that I like, and there's a few that I don't like. I'm gonna go with Phillips to win this week. I think Jalen Hurts just goes a little bit shy of his projections. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with Phillips. Well, like I fumbled through my analysis of Sam's team and uh, me trying to back Kirk Cousins as starting quarterback. I did mention that Justin Jefferson cannot have two bad, bad games in a row, three bad games in a row. Um, this is his showing out party across the pond. I think Justin Jefferson is the highest scoring player in this matchup. I think Jalen Hurts is on his world tour right now, just dominating. I, um, with Jalen Hurts, we always fear that if I'm playing against, uh, if I have a quarterback and I'm playing against my number one wide receiver on the other side, I'm going to be throwing points Mm -hmm. to him. Jalen Hurts, um, can avoid that with all the other weapons he has in his team and obviously his ability to run the ball. Give me quarterback sneaks. Um, but it's going to be close because yeah, I, think I was a on really the fence. Good, good matchup this week. I, I don't think the projected the projections it says by 13. I, I think I don't, I can't see that being. Yeah. Uh, it's a good, it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be exciting to see the finish. All right, we have our nice 
matchup of the week. Do you know why it's called that? The nice matchup of the week? This is a family show, Jake. Well, we have number six, Trey, against number nine, Phil. So we have the 69 matchup, the notorious versus show me the Quan. I'm sorry, Cannon. <laughs> what about Brock? Brock doesn't. I mean, I don't know. Brock's okay. what is it, anyway, like two years old. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have, yeah, Trey versus Phil. Uh, we were really hoping that both of these teams were 0-3 for selfish reasons. We wanted this to be the, the shit bowl. Um, but both teams had big wins last week, specifically Phil squeaking out one on Monday night. Uh, and this week, Phil is projected for 114, while Trey is projected for 102. Um, thoughts? I contribute all this because he took Falcons defense off his lineup. I think his team <laughs> looks immensely better. It's when you look at his player rankings for his players he has in a starting lineup, you think, like, how how is he just one and two? He's got two of four. He has Drake London 11. He has Brett Maher. Phil, though he started off slow, he's taking a proactive approach to tinker with his lineup and try to find uh-huh. the best uh, the best possible solutions. Tua has that back injury. Obviously, it's obviously it's a concussion. They're just hiding it. Um, uh-huh. And his ankle injury, Dalvin, uh, we mentioned he's got the. Luckily, he avoided a major injury, not separating the shoulder. He sh- hopefully he's going to be good to go this Thursday. I like Phil's team. T Higgins. I don't know. I, every time I look at Phil's team, I'm just enamored because I feel like he, he still has the pieces that Saquon Barkley pick. I'm still surprised. He's still running. Like he's still out in the field. Usually this is the time where he falls apart, but we finally are getting the Saquon Barkley that the world deserves like this. Every down back do everything. The giants are fun. Um, uh, Daniel Jones is still. Oh, like, I love Daniel Jones though. He's fun. Daniel Jones is. Uh, I don't know if you call that fun. I mean, the Monday night game was fun to watch. I agree with you on Saquon, 100. percent I think it's nice to finally see. I wish that would have happened last year because I had him last year. Um, but Daniel Jones is not fun. And they don't. Their receivers like. There's no one fun besides Saquon on that offense. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. And if just one little nugget on Phil's team that with like some analysis, I do like Drake London this week. Um, we all probably heard about what happened to Miles Garrett and this car accident. Who knows if he's going to be playing They're saying that he may be playing, but not having him on that line, that defense is already banged up. That pass rush isn't going to be there. They've been, they haven't been getting to the quarterback even with Miles Garrett, but that Browns uh-huh. defense is struggling this year. Marcus Mariota, I mean, he's been throwing picks and I believe he put the ball on the ground twice last week, but he has been efficient. He has been moving the ball. Um, I like Drake London. Drake London's going to be um, one of the steals, I think, in the draft if he can continue to be prevalent in this offense like he has shown these past couple weeks. Yeah, so looking at Phil's bench, because uh, I, I like Drake London. I don't think he's necessarily someone I would like just plug in and play every week. Um, I think he is someone that I would just kind of watch for matchups. Now, I know someone that you were extremely high on, and I wasn't because I do feel like everyone remembered him from his four-touchdown playoff game, um, Gabe Davis. So you would rather have Drake London playing right now than Gabe Davis? I think so. I think Drake London um, – I'm always weary. I'm always weary of rookies in general 
I feel like uh-huh. the wide receiver spot hits more than running backs. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, this year, the wide receivers for rookies have been phenomenal. Yeah, and Drake London's the number one option um, in that Atlanta Atlanta uh, offense, I feel like, in terms uh-huh. of the passing attack. they uh-huh. If they didn't feel that Drake London can serve the role of being a target hog or someone that can focus on um, – through the passing attack, then they would have uh, Cordell out there catching routes, uh, going on routes and catching the ball. Um, they obviously by moving Cordell back in the backfield and using more as a primary runner, it it kind of just points to the confidence of what Atlanta has in terms of the passing attack. It's Drake London, it's Kyle Pitts. Um, I think he's cemented. I, I yeah I I I think until something happens, maybe if we see Gabe Davis get even more involved, I know he was injured week two, came in week three. I think he only had six targets. Um, Drake London, I feel like Drake London has solidified that number one spot on that Atlanta. Admit, not as good offensively as Buffalo Bills, obviously, but I like Drake London the rest of the season. How much money do you think Calvin Ridley has made off the Falcons this year? How many how many teamers is he is he doing? If he's doing, you think he's doing player props? Player props all on uh, Drake London. Drake London and taking Cordero. the under on Kyle Pitts. Um, God, <laughs> okay. I always forget that. Hashtag free Calvin. Ridley. I know he should be back playing in, in the in the league. Yeah. that was a ridiculous suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's look over Trey's team um, through the notorious uh, big win from Trey last week. We still. Both of us are still weary on his wide receiver spots. I I'm so I'm not even gonna say his name because I've already said it two weeks in a row that this individual player shouldn't be on a starting lineup. He shouldn't even be on a roster. So I refuse to even say his name. <laughs> well, I don't know if Jarvis Landry doesn't deserve to be on a roster, but I will say that he yeah, he does not he should not be a starter. Um However, Keenan should be back this week, and I would hope that Trey plays Keenan over Jarvis. Um, and I do uh, – let's look at Chris Godwin really quick. Uh, he practiced in a limited capacity on Wednesday. So there's a chance he plays this uh, Sunday night against the Chiefs. But, you know, we both agree that both of those receivers, if if playing – are a much better option than Jarvis. Only lineup. I, he has some questions with the lineup. Yes, Jarvis should not be out there. Find a way to get him out. Keenan should be able, that should be an easy swap. But uh-huh. I'm wondering in the flex position, we saw Kyle Pitts got more involved this last week. Um, Tony Pollard is right there in the flex spot. And he also has Josh Jacobs. Out of those three, who would, those three, who are you starting? Pick two to start. Josh Jacobs, uh, I would, Pollard. No, and, uh, I would pick Tony P. Oh, man. I'd probably leave it. Kyle Pitts, yeah, he got – Wow, he got, you would leave definitely, that? I don't think I would start Kyle Pitts. Uh, Kyle Pitts is still someone to where – I mean, for instance, last week, Cleveland – and I don't know, they may perhaps didn't game plan for in, in Pittsburgh's offense for Pat Firemuth, but he caught two passes and they're on the last drive of the game. So I don't know. I, I don't, I still, I need to see consistency from Kyle Pitts. I don't, what I've seen for the last two years is consistently just not productive. I have not seen a consistent player. And I think Tony P gets you at least 10 points a game. And I do think that he can get you in the end zone here and there. 
Um, Josh Jacobs, however, he would be one where it would be between Josh Jacobs and uh, and Kyle Pitts. I think Denver's defense is going to stifle um, the Raiders, and I don't, I can't see them moving the ball that well, especially running the ball against the Raiders. Um, sorry, against the Broncos. So Josh Jacobs would be someone where you know I, I'm kind of weary. Uh, Vegas has the Atlanta Cleveland game, like pretty much a pick them. I think it's one and a half for uh-huh. rounds. I, I think, I think Atlanta has to get Kyle Pitts involved for them to win. I think we saw last week having him involved. And, um, I feel like we just, we saw the Drake London, the Kyle Pitts, the Cordell Patterson, like we saw that offense, like full in effect. They have to get him involved. I think they saw it last week. I think it continues this week. And um, yeah, I think I think Kyle Pitts out of those three in that situation, my guess would be to take out Josh Jacobs. I I don't know that Denver defense. They're they're still good. Like their offense isn't producing, but that defense is good. Uh-huh. Um, I know they're probably a little bit better defensively through the air than on the run. I, don't, I haven't looked at the statistics on the year, but gut feeling for me you got to get Kyle Pitts in that lineup. You drafted him for a reason. I think he's better than Josh Jacobs. I would care to say that Kyle Pitts uh, would be the leader in the clubhouse in those three in terms of points for this week. So I'll check in on that um, on Sunday. This is hard because this matchup, I'm going to take Phil. I'm confident in Phil. I think I faded uh, Trey every single week. Um, but I feel like I've also faded Phil every single week. So, but Phil's yeah, team's clicking. Break here. Yeah, Tua's Tua's got to play, but Tua's got to play. I think Tua's got to show out in that Cincy game. I think if uh, if everyone's healthy, he's healthy. He's at a hundred percent. I think he. I think he can kind of get close to Josh Allen in points this week. I like that yeah, matchup. I. Uh... I look at the matchups and just the kind of the breakdown in general. Um, we, I think I've talked kind of each week, there's always a matchup between like a quarterback and then the other team has like their number one weapon. So for instance, this week, Josh Allen is starting for Trey's team and then Stefan is starting for Phil. So Phil, I do think lucks out in that only because Josh Allen, most of his points, I will say go to Stefan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think that's going to hurt Trey in in a, in, a, in some sort of way. Um, for instance, I mean, but I will say last week, and Lamar uses his legs a lot more than Josh Allen does. But I had Mark Andrews, and he had two touchdowns and like eighty yards, ninety yards, and he had like twenty five points. But then Lamar just went off, and he has other weapons. He throws to wide receivers. He uses his legs. He had a rushing touchdown, so it didn't quite work out for me. But I do think out. I think it will work for Phil this week um, because I will say I think that game is going to be high scoring. I'm not a fan of Baltimore's defense, especially their secondary. So I do think Stefan has a really good game. Um, players, though, uh, we didn't talk about Austin Eckler. Last week we said this is a week that Austin Eckler should, you know, get his projections. And I uh, this this has to this has to be the week. <laughs> it wasn't now because, last week. Like, it was this week. It, yeah, because he is playing a, a Houston defense. Uh, if uh, the Jacksonville defense looked legit, they were flying around. I don't. They are not as uh, Houston's defense is not as good as Jacksonville's. 
So this is a week they are banged up on the offensive line. They should be getting their all pro center back. Um, so I do think Austin Eckler, who for some reason we were talking about this earlier, he's still top 20 running back. And that's solely because of how many balls he catches. He has uh, nine. He had four first week, nine the second week and eight the third week. So he's still getting those catches and he's still going to be a productive player, but he has yet to find the end zone, which is very worrisome. Um, so I agree. I'm going to take Phil, but I think this game is super close. And it is it is big if Dalvin Cook misses it. Um, but classic Phil, he's he's got the handcuff. Top it up, baby. When we do the matchups of the week, we usually will make a discussion. But I felt like I put my foot down and I wanted to claim this matchup between Nick and I as the matchup of the week because there's a little side juice, Jake. I don't know if I've told you yet, but Nick texted me. It was like on Sunday and he's like, oh, super excited for our matchup. It's like the week hasn't even ended yet, week three, and he's already texting me. And he's hey, like, you know what? When you see your next opponent and it's someone that you just love talking shit to, yeah, you can't help but get a little more excited. But uh, so we got a little twenty-five dollar little side side bet on this matchup. Go. So this there you go. This this matchup means a lot to me, and this is the week. Um, I, I floundered a little bit last week in terms of my team, in terms of what I projected. But I'm coming in this week with my squad. We're healthy. Kyler's ready to put up another dud. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to go through another week where uh, Derek Carr is not going to look at him. Brandon Cooks is going to get his nine targets but only have two catches. But if there's any change to my team, is that beautiful tight end, David oh Njoku. Boy, here we go. Is, you just want to get David Njoku in on every single episode that we do. That is huh? the goal. That is the goal. That's the, that's the goal. Okay, break me down. What's my team? <laughs> Yeah, I I look at your team this week and I I see a couple of just juicy matchups and then I see a couple of matchups where I'm like, oh boy, like this this can get ugly and and I hate to say it, but you touched on it, Devontae Adams against Denver secondary. Now the Denver secondary is legit. Patrick Chatan is really good. I think uh, Ronald Darby is the other one. They are at home though, so that's definitely a, a bump up. Um, they don't have to go to mile high. But I just I, this whole Derek Carr not being able to throw to Devonte Adams or looking the other way—it's strange. Yes, I will say he has a touchdown in every single game, and the touchdowns is the name of the game. That's what you want. But you know, having two targets against Arizona, or sorry, seven targets for two catches, ten targets for five catches. There's just something weird going on there, and I'm not sure what it is. It's almost like. Like when you're in like grade school, you had a crush on someone, but you didn't want it to be too obvious that you had a crush on them. So like you have to go through some weeks or like some days where you'd be like ignore them or like make fun of them in front of the people. So like it throws off the scent. That's what's going on. I think it's that's what you think. I just think it's Derek Carr being a mediocre to bad quarterback. Well, that's a better analysis than what I just had. So maybe I'll agree with you. Um, Big bounce back game. You cut me short on our last podcast, I was going to start gushing over Brandon cooks. Um, Mm. I hope the trend continues that charger players are just falling by the wayside and that no (laughs) one is healthy for that matchup because I have been beating the Brandon cooks drum all year and the opportunity has been there. Um, 
we saw it last week. I believe he had seven targets. Yeah, I will say really quick though, like when does it turn to the opportunities are there, but he's just there's just no production. So how like when does that turn where you can't trust that person? I I, I'm betting on history. I I've mentioned it a couple of times. He's been he's thousand yard receiver. He was a thousand yard receiver last year. Uh, the year before that, he missed it. But uh, three out of the last four years, he's a thousand yard receiver. So I'm I'm betting on consistency. Uh, I think what's been killing him in terms of his uh, his ranking that he hasn't found the found the end zone yet. I mean, that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. against with a bad Houston team. But I think if if you took the time and you went through each individual players and in like maybe the top 40 or top 30 in terms of wide receivers and running backs, the big difference this early in the season is that touchdown. So uh-huh. Cooks ha- hasn't had it yet. I'm confident that uh, he will. He will at some point, like he has in his past. Last year, he didn't really have much t- uh, that many touchdowns. I want to say he was in the range of like six to eight. He would more relied on just the uh, receptions and the yards. But this is this is week four, uh, week four, week three. We talked about it with uh, Eckler. These are like the types of weeks where if you were high on individuals, this is when you start panicking. Yeah, this may be that moment for me with Brandon Cooks where um, if he comes out with another stinker, then I need to start reassessing how much of a lock he is or I really need to bear down and kind of solidify that third uh, wide receiver or just the flex spot in general. Speaking of of players that need to meet their projections, what what can you say about do you think this is a, a week that Najee needs to have and meet projections and go oh, even 100%, higher? 100%. This is an inferior yeah, team. I, I feel like last week he had that touchdown where he looked good when he ran in the touchdown. I think he bowled someone over. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, there was nothing really else that was, like, impressive. Yeah, you, you can definitely tell that Pittsburgh attempted to open up the playbook and be a little bit more adventurous with their play calling. We saw... Um, Trubisky kind of throw it around. He was targeting Pickens a little bit, trying to stretch out the offense. I think that um, there were moments last week where it hit um, in terms of throwing the ball around, being a little bit more adventurous. And I think that if they can build upon that against this weaker Jets team and they can kind uh-huh. of stress stress test that Jets defense to kind of defend the pass, then it may open up the box a little bit for Najee. Um yeah, no, I know. Um, I agree, and I think, and I think what I fall behind is that I forget to think where I drafted him. Obviously, with my first pick, because um, uh-huh. I'm looking at projections, kind of similar to what I would believe Trey's doing with Eckler, um, 18th, still an RB two. Um, I hit a home run so far with Nick Chubb. So it's kind of keeping me uh-huh. balanced here. So I don't feel with yeah, Najee in trouble without Nick Chubb. Yeah, I don't feel I guess I don't really feel the pain of Najee yet. But this is definitely that juicy matchup that um, I think hopefully it's going to remind me uh, why why I drafted them with my first pick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's look over at Rum Runners, Ronnie B. Uh, we have. Tyreek Hill, Hill is going to score 50 points this week. <laughs> so so if you're not familiar with the Tyreek Hill thing, um, last year in the playoffs when he was on the Chiefs, when they faced the Bengals, uh, the corner over there, Eli Apple, just talked a bunch of shit against Tyreek after a win. Um, just I don't even remember what he said, but I just remember they talked a lot of shit. Well, Tyreek's been holding on to that 
ever since that moment because this week he basically was talking so much trash against Eli Apple to where even Tua joined in and said, Aww. if it's one-on-one man coverage, I'm throwing Tyreek the ball every single time. So that's the background with that. I agree with you. I think Tyreek, even though his it's his third-ranked uh, fantasy score, I see Tyreek just throwing up the twos as he's just burning past a bunch of people. I, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that Tyreek Hill scores more points than Devonte Adams and Brandon Cooks combined. Wow. Okay. That's like, and that's ridiculous because Devonte Adams is like a surefire number one. I hope this doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but like, it's definitely in the realm of possibility that Tyreek. This is a this is a game where he's where. I know with Tyreek Hill, it's more the yardage that you get on top of the touchdowns and mm-hmm. the targets are there. But I see this this being a north of 10, 11 targets, eight catches, nine catches, like one of those stupid 152 touchdown games. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. I'm looking at Nick's team right now, and you know it's funny? Every like all like the starters, not the defense or the the kicker, but how good of a team would this be if this was like 2019, 2020? <laughs> Mark Cooper. Yeah, really. It really is. James Rogers, Robinson. McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Tyreek, Amari, Darren Waller. When Darren Waller went off that one year. Yeah. And let's just say James Robinson's rookie year, right? Yeah. He's got a good team now. I'm giving, I'll give that to him. But it's funny to look at it and be like, damn, like this would be – like all first round picks, I feel like, or mm-hmm. second round picks. Yeah. If this was like two years ago, Aaron Rodgers was um, off the board second. Chris McCaffrey. Well, I mean, Nick would have picked him in the first well, round. Second um, quarterback, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but let's dive a little bit more into his some of his matchups. Um, you know, it says here Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones going up against the fifth ranked rushing defense in New England. I I am not a fan. I think New England is going to get blown out on Sunday with no Mac Jones. Wasn't a fan of their defense last week. Lamar kind of just in that offense kind of went all over them. Um, but I look at someone like James Robinson. I know it says here 22nd. So he's you know projected for 12 and a half. I, I still feel like Philadelphia's defense is really, really good. Um, and I can see them trying to throw the ball a lot that game because I do think that Philadelphia is going to be able to score here and there. But I mean, across the board, these are these are matchups. One we will talk about really quickly is is this came out of nowhere and he played all on Sunday, um, but Christian McCaffrey didn't practice today. Class, classic Christian. Classic CMC. Uh, it says right here though that he's that his injury isn't believed to be serious, but um, you know. You never know when it comes to like leg injuries. This is a thigh injury. Yeah. Um, so you never know with that. And that could that can really kind of change. I mean, Nick has some good players on the bench, like it's like a scary Terry. Um, but you know, perhaps mm-hmm. bumping up James Robinson to that, and then you get scary Terry. But uh yeah. I will say one last final thing before we do our prediction our predictions. Did see one pickup by Nick this week, and I kind of hope karma comes back. Adding Deshaun Watson to your roster when he's not even playing until week 13, 14. I feel like, you know, I, I'm just saying fantasy football karma is real. What did um what did um uh, Allen Iverson say? Playoffs. Practice? No, that's Jim Mora. 
No. That's Jim. That's the Alan, coach. Or, no, oh, that's practice. practice. Yeah, Alan Iverson's practice. It is currently uh, Wednesday. That's why we'll cut this. We'll cut. We'll cut no, this part. We don't out. cut. We don't cut anything. We let it all fly. <laughs> it's currently Wednesday, eleven fifty-eight at night. So, I apologize for my my indecency yeah, of sports. Yeah, it's just. Uh, it is what it is. But yeah, yeah. I um. I don't, yeah, I don't get it. I, he, it's two and one. He's got a good team. It's definitely a playoff team considering how our league's been shape, shaping up. But, oh, I hope that haunts him. I hope that haunts I'm him. I'm just saying, fantasy football karma is is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's predict. I am going to go first. I'm going to take Nick's team. Um, I do think you have some matchups that are tough. I think you have one matchup that I could see. For instance, I think Michael Pittman can get you 20 points this week. Um, but I do think that I'm still not sold on Kyler at all. And I'm, and that's on the road where, um, I don't know. I feel like I, I got this weird feeling from your team this week that, that you might be throwing, throwing a little dud out there. So, um, I I'll take Nick and, uh, I think he moves to three and one and, I, I think you start making trades after this week. I'm, I'm trying to make trades. No one's answering their phone in the stupid league. <laughs> um, shout out to Phillips, though. the only person that ever got back to me. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Is is this your week? <laughs> I'm seriously. Call out, call out for Kyler. I'm Please. I need to send Wait, a, Hold on. I have a question, though. Mm-hmm. You need to look and see if it's a double XP weekend for Call of Duty. Well, the problem is right now is um, if you pre-order the new Call of Duty, then you get the beta for the new Call of Duty. Oof, so I would imagine for you. Kyler is grinding right now. He's in the lab. He's <laughs> figuring out his weapon loadouts. Uh, is he streaming? Let's look and see if he's streaming right now. I, I don't know his Twitch handle, but he's on the road against Carolina. We mentioned it uh, in the last pod. Carolina's got a sneaky defense. Um, they've, they put up respectable lines, but it's time to put up or shut up, Kyler. I know you're seventh ranked overall, but I drafted you. I drafted you later, um, but I still had the expectations that you were going to be a game breaker about uh, being able to move and get me rushing touchdowns. He's been a kind of statuesque quarterback so far this season, sitting uh-huh. in the pocket. Um, that's not what he is. That's not what he is, and it's it's beginning to show. A lot of a lot of injuries, a lot of weapons still out. Um, I don't think. I just please, please, dear God, um, I'm gonna take <laughs> my team. Oh, my I'm gonna take my oh, team okay. because my gut's telling me Nick's team uh, because of Tyreek Hill. Um, Give me the the classic Amari Cooper dud after a good performance. Uh, And I don't know the safeties for Denver, but if I'm banking on or if I'm worried about Denver's defense against Devontae Adams, um, I'm going to expect the same out of Waller. I'm hoping for a dud out of him. Devontae, hopefully I just go against everything that I feel with this Denver defense that he puts out and he shows out and, uh, I got David Njoku. You got to ride him out. I'm taking the cat. Claws up. Claws up. Njoku go back to Mount Crushmore this week? Uh, We'll have to make up a new segment if he goes off this week. Just for David Njoku. Njoku fan club. Party of one.
we had Baki's bets last week. Three bets. Mm-hmm. I followed some of them, but uh, Jake, you want to let the uh, the people know how you did? Yeah. So last week we went one and two. Uh, first week we went three and zero. Oh. So right now on the season we are four and two. Which what is that a sixty six percent rate so far? Which I will take. If you are better, that is extremely good. Um, but we'll recap really quick. Uh, the first game was pretty much pretty an easy one throughout the day. The LA Rams uh, covered their minus three and a half over the Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, there you go. Look at these sounds. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm getting so good at this now. I love it. <laughs> then uh, the second game, um, a weird game. Um, I really want – I should have taken the under. I was talking about the under the entire time. I think it ended up being a 14-12 to 12 game. But unfortunately, I picked the Buccaneers instead of the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers came out on top. Uh, I had Buccaneers minus one. Wrong. There we go. We'll get the timing right. We'll get the timing right right when you say it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're still learning this. Um, And then the third game, which, I mean, just looking, watching that game, feeling very comfortable the entire time. And then all hell broke loose in the last six minutes. Um, I took the Kansas City Chiefs minus five and a half. And at that end of the game, I believe the I believe the Chiefs were I'm trying to think back correctly. The Chiefs were up four with about yeah. six minutes left. Mm-hmm. They missed a field goal. Right? Yep. And then the Colts came down and there was like a terrible penalty call. Anyway, it left me just with my mouth open and just saying Bruh. the entire time. <laughs> So that that was and I and I warned you if you were to take these bets I said this was a stinker this was this just didn't make any sense the line didn't make sense um I just didn't didn't quite understand it so should have taken my own advice and taken the Colts plus five and a half but one and two last week and we have three games sorry four games this week oh no that I really oh, no. like I love the board this week absolute huge fan of the board. All right. Well, you know what? Let's get into some Baki bets. All right. It's a little musical. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Coming in, number one pick of the week. I really like what I saw out of the Cleveland Brown offense um, on Thursday night football as far as their passing attack, using players like Amari Cooper, Blake's favorite player, David Njoku, and their rushing attack still is really nice, and Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I can't trust the Falcons on offense yet. Um, They have looked a lot better than they have looked in years past. But the Browns on the road, uh, they've had plenty of time to rest up. Um, I will take Cleveland minus one. My second bet of the week, I am going to go um, all the way to Sunday night football. I saw what I saw to the Chiefs last week was just not inspiring i don't think they have an offense that can really move the ball that well um mike evans i think is a huge boost back to the tampa bay bucks i'm gonna go back to the well buccaneers aren't gonna screw me over again that game isn't even it's right on the line it's just a pick them so i'm gonna take the bucks at home uh to win that game straight up the third game of the week i'm gonna do some over-unders now so these two i really like I'm going to just throw all the caution to the wind. I think this game is going to be, of course, the highest scoring game of the week. It has the highest line. Bills, Ravens, over 51 points. 
Um, I personally like to buy buy a hook so that you know 50 and a half you can go over that. Um, I look at the Ravens last they their defense is just absolutely terrible. It's not good. Their secondary is not good. I can see Josh Allen having a huge game as he typically does. Lamar Jackson right now I believe is the MVP of the league. He's looked great. The Bills defense was was just it was you know a long game in uh, Miami. I mean they didn't play too much in the second half, but it was still hot. It was still it was still worn, uh, wearing down. I think that Lamar still has a really good game. I can see that being a you know one team scoring thirty points, another team scoring a high twenties. So I'm taking taking the over at fifty one. Then I go to the Broncos and the Raiders. This game, um, this game, as I warned you last week with the Colts and the Chiefs, this one stinks as well as far as the line. Uh, Broncos are two and one. The Raiders are zero and three. Raiders are favored minus two and a half at home. Um, as usually home teams are, they usually are favored, but I still don't get this because the Raiders just haven't looked impressive. The Broncos offense has not looked good, but their defense is really good. So what I'm going to do is take the under on 45 and a half points. I think Derek Carr struggles. I think Russell Wilson still struggles a little bit here and there, but their defense looks so good that I can see this being a, uh, a low scoring, both teams, perhaps like a 23, 17, a 23, 20 type of game. So my four bets of the week are Browns minus one, the Broncos, uh, sorry, the Buccaneers to win just straight up the over in the Buffalo Ravens game at 51 and the under at Bronco Broncos at the Raiders at 45 and a half. That is Baki's bets. 